0: And welcome back to the Lobster Club, your one-stop shop for everything to do with the Costa del Sol. In last week's episode, we looked at the beautiful rural town of Alameda and we found another unearthed Andalusian gem for you this week in the quaint town of Monte Corte. But more on that later. We've also got plenty of news for you guys and also lots of what's happening around the Costa del Sol this week. But without further ado let me introduce you to my wonderful co-hosts, Chris Marquez and Alex Ashmore. Hello, Chris, how are you doing? Hi, there Hi. I am. <laughs> you want a little bit <laughs> quiet then? Yes, I'm fine. How are you, Nick? I'm very well, thank you very much. And Alex, how are you doing down in Galicia? Doing
1: very well. Um, longing for a bit of sunshine. Uh, but, you know, Galicia is deciding otherwise for this weekend for the civil future.
0: Dare I say, I think we might be getting better weather in Lancashire than you are getting in Spain, which is quite something uh, new. What about you, Chris? How are things in the Netherlands?
2: Uh, things are fine. Uh, we finally have some sun and um, it's good to have the sun a bit back in our life after the windy, windy yeah, weather we had. I think you had the same weather over there in England
0: yeah, as been- we did, Nick been a miserable winter, hasn't it? And yeah. I think you're right. There is something about coming into springtime, uh, a bit more sunshine on your face. It just, it just makes you feel better, doesn't it?
2: It really does. I'm uh, not really a person for the winter.
0: <laughs> no. Well, I think that's why we all do a, a podcast on the Costa del Sol, just yearning for that sunshine, aren't we?
2: I love snow, though. That's the only thing of winter I love, to be honest. Well,
0: you don't get much of it here. I live too close to the sea ironically, like, say, a little closer to sea, but no sunshine. That's my problem. Same here. Yeah, it's a nightmare, isn't it? I never believe you were out and about today with the, uh, with young Javi. Seemed to, did you go on that slide in the end?
2: No, I didn't. It was way too high. Terrified? Yes, I was <laughs> terrified.
0: <laughs> I think I would have given it a go, to be fair.
2: It's, it's, it's very cool. It's called Monkey Town. It's a very big indoor playground, but, like, it's massive.
0: It's oh. really cool sure Javi and yourself had a a great time today. So we move on with uh, our podcast. So we always start with some news and Alex kindly gathers up all the latest news and information straight from Malaga and the Costa del Sol. So Alex, do you have anything to bring us this week?
1: I do. Uh, Fairly eventful. Well, it always is on the Costa del Sol. There's a lot going on. First of all, Marbella has registered over 150,000 residents on its Padrón. So when you move to Spain, you have to do the Empadronamiento. and for anyone who has moved to Spain will know that it's, I won't say it's easy. (laughs) It's not easy. Well, it is, but it takes a while. Um, And that means that more funding will be available from central and regional governments, which obviously will encourage more tourism, which is only a good thing for the Costa del Sol. Next, another downside of Brexit. and yet to see a positive side. Um, Gibraltar ambulance transfers to Spanish hospitals will only be allowed if the vehicles are staffed by Gibraltar Health Authority employees who live in Spain or are EU nationals. Then also Malaga Mayor Francisco de la Torre has announced that he will return his Pushkin medal that was awarded to him by Vladimir Putin in 2018. Paco! Achievements in That's Ar- what they call it. Paco! Um so yeah, what do you guys think of that one? I think that's yeah, I think that's the right thing for Francisco de la Torre to do.
2: I think Francisco de la Torre is already a hero. I don't know, I just love him. How old is he? Almost eighty, or he is eighty. I think he's eighty years old, and he's still the mayor of Malaga. And he's a he's a great guy, a lovely, lovely man. And um, I think it's the right thing to do this, to be honest. What do you think, Nick?
0: Yeah, 100% agree. I think, you know, in in times like that, we find ourselves in these small acts that help, you know, really isolate the regime, um, do help.
2: How do you do that? Do you send it back with the post or?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Chuck it into the sea.
2: Throw it away?
0: (laughs) Probably. I'd probably like to say just maybe... You make a very public acknowledgement, and then, and then you keep wear. it on
2: your, and then, and then you keep it on your, <laughs> in your house somewhere.
0: I'm sure he doesn't. I'm sure he doesn't. It. it in a box. <laughs> I'm sure he's uh, uh, d- disposed of it responsibly. Would be the way that if he, he's, he's such a good guy that I'm sure that's the I way. I think the go. right
2: thing to do is is send it back. Wouldn't it be?
0: Well, why would you send it to? No one knows where he is. I don't know if you guys saw the video of him in his, wherever he was, doing that thing with the microphone. and He green screened it. So, um, you know, it'd be be hard to find out where to send it to. But, you know, fair play to Francisco de la Torre. He's um, obviously making his stand amongst uh, everybody else as well. The fact that all the McDonald's are shut in Russia now would really Really? drive me crazy. Yeah, I I don't know. Are you a big McDonald's lover? Have you, have you seen me? <laughs> yeah, but have you but seen you, me? Well, for the we, people we, watching
2: on YouTube, <laughs> we, we are probably the same size, and I, I I don't. It's not that I don't like it. It's yeah, it's just a my bit. favorite food. It's not. I used to love it as a kid, but now I don't love it anymore. I prefer a real hamburger.
0: No, but but to be fair, speaking of um, just on a bit of a tangent to McDonald's. I want to know why Spanish McDonald's is so much better than any other McDonald's I've ever been to. And maybe that is something for a future episode where we have to find out. Maybe whilst I'm there, I'll do some research for us. Does that sound all we right? Will,
2: we will call in uh, a McDonald's. I think that's fun because Spanish McDonald's uh, serve beer.
0: Yes. That's, that's a amazing. difference
2: to Holland. I don't know how it is in the UK or, or anywhere no. else in the world. Do you, if you live somewhere and you're listening And you live in another country than Spain that sells beer in a McDonald's. Please contact us.
0: I think that would be a cool. I think there was somebody who was trying to do that, weren't they? We were trying to go to a McDonald's in every country around the world just to see how different they all were. I remember I went to Taiwan once and I got a KFC there and it was so different to what we had back home. Um, This is a really big tangent right now, but something we should definitely explore in the future. But... um, Definitely, uh, I am with Malagamar Francisco Della la Torre to return his uh, Pushkin medal. Um, yeah. 100% the right decision.
1: So, is there anything
0: else, Alex, in the uh, in the Costa del Sol that we should be aware of? There is. So, a
1: Malagaman Vicente Jimenez y Fergan has chartered a bus to bring, oh, well, 47 refugees back from the Ukraine, which is wonderful stuff. And uh, in other positive news, a few dates are being considered. To for the end of mask mandates indoors in Spain so that either the 21st of March or the 11th of April we're not 100% certain Pedro Sanchez the president has said that it will happen soon but you know it's subject to you know the covid situation in Spain and whether cases continue to decrease and uh, finally Andalusia is expecting 28 million tourists this year which is you know as ever it's, it's quite a lot so we know.
2: How many they expect in in the Costa del Sol or in the province of Malaga?
1: No, but I can. I'm sure I can find out for you. Uh, I'd imagine most of them. Before I, you know, whip out the quote, I'd imagine most of them will be in the Costa del Sol. But obviously, we have, you know, other parts of Andalusia which are heavily, touristic, like well, Sevilla and Granada. But yes, I would imagine the majority is down on the Costa
0: del Sol. Yeah, I'd bet my hat on uh, f- over seventy five percent of those twenty eight million are really. Heading towards the Costa del Sol, I would say. Um, I think just there's going to be a massive rush on for people wanting to go on holiday this year. There's been so much apprehension in the last two years of people going away that I think people just want to get some sun, and they're going to go and lay on a beach or buy a pool, and the Costa del Sol is obviously one of the best places you can go and do that.
2: I, I have been going for the last two years on holiday, and for the people who didn't go, I think yeah, you had to wear the 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 uh, mask. If you were on the street two summers ago, and it was, well, COVID was still a big thing, I think. And there were loads of measurements, but I had a great great time. And last summer was even better. You only had to wear your mask inside. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I thought it was really safe going to Spain. I think even Spain is the most safest country to go to uh, during COVID because the Spanish people most of them they kept their mask wearing their mask outside even when they didn't have to so they are really following the rules yeah when they they don't have to
0: i think they were what i like say i think we looked at that a couple weeks ago didn't we when they were saying how like even though the rules were relaxed still people kept up with good habits and things like that which is obviously fantastic and imagine that will still continue um and, I, and to be fair, I completely agree with you, Chris. I was the same in terms of, you know, if I'm going to be, I've got to wear a mask anyway, even back in the UK, I might as well be wearing a mask in Spain, in a bar in Spain and having a great time with my family. So, you know, um, obviously there was a lot to learn back then. Hopefully now we are coming towards the back end of, of everything like that. And we can all have a great time on our Easter or summer or winter holidays this year. I'm looking at those dates. to be fair, 21st of March would be a great, little nudge for me because I come to the Costa del on the 5th of April so let's be putting our hands together praying there.
2: You'll be there for, um, well you go, you, you're going for the football? Obviously, obviously. obviously.
0: Um, but is that Easter? So I think I come back just before um, the Easter celebration so I, I have been there before whilst um, and Alex should be able to tell me the proper name for it if you if you would be so kind semana santa and, and you as well chris that's not for you gotta let alex have a go yeah <laughs>
2: he's
0: gotta alex. practice his spanish he's getting a degree yeah, in it.
2: <laughs> alex you say it uh semana santa
0: oh so that one i won't even try to say that that, <laughs>
2: that will be a whole podcast dedicated to semana santa because it won't fit in in
0: Oh, definitely. In, definitely. In five
2: minutes or ten minutes because it's the most, it's the biggest party in or the biggest party, the biggest celebration in the in the Costa in Malaga, definitely, but in the whole cost of Costa do Son, Andalucía.
0: I think I've mentioned it to you before, Chris Avanana. I, I went a few years ago and I didn't even know it was on. I just thought it was like we were just going into Malaga. And I remember being so taken back with what I first saw. And then once everything was sort of like explained to me, and I looked into it for a few bit more, and actually then saw the pageantry of the whole celebration. Um It's such a spectacular thing to go and see, and I would advise anybody to go and catch it, whether you're in Malaga or if you're in a smaller town like you know, like Calidemia or Um It's it's
2: everywhere. It's, a, it's through all every in the small villages, in the big um, towns, it's everywhere.
0: Apparently. um Seville is the big one, isn't it? That's like
2: Malaga's the biggest one. Malaga's bigger, is it? Yeah.
0: All right. The thrones
2: are bigger. Everything is bigger. Uh probably more people. It's a different way. Okay, I'm I'm going to I'm going to give away one thing because I'm I'm really into it. And um every summer I walk under a throne as a as a guy from Benal Madena, our how do you call it? Holy Mother of ben and Malina, our saint. you say, pa- yeah. Patriot saint. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nuestra Senora Virgen de la Cruz. Um, her day is on the 15th of August. So every 15th of August, we have a procession going down the streets, and uh, I always carrying her, one of the guys. Um, but here's the thing in Malaga, People go outside of the throne. And in Sevilla and Granada and the other cities, people go inside. Oh, right. So they're underneath it. That's the difference. And the biggest thrones are in Malaga, in whole Spain.
0: Mm, they looked massive when uh, I went to watch it. And, and it's a fact, they're also, it's it's not as if they're navigating like huge highways, is it? They are taking them down side streets. They're taking them down, you know, what I refer to as like, um, you know, a, a little avenue type thing and you, you're so squished in backs of the wall letting people through but the amount of people there it is, uh, yeah, definitely something we should be uh, looking at in the next couple of podcasts to talk about.
2: If you're listening and, and you don't know what we're talking or how big they are if you can't imagine it if you ever went to Malaga and see and have seen massive doors like like incredible big doors then you can imagine probably how big it is because they're all through the whole city.
0: Oh, no. Well, like, I say, we, the buildings
2: we, where they keep them and where they go out from. Yeah, well because start, I know, I know in,
0: in some of the churches they keep them on display, yes. don't they? So they're always, um, there's one in the old town in Marbay that I always go and see as well. So it is definitely worth a, uh, a look whilst you're over there. And if you do happen to be lucky enough to be in, the Costa del Sol over the Easter period, then definitely get yourself into uh, Malaga or, or one of your more local celebrations we, to watch. And it.
2: we will make a proper agenda for the city of Malaga. Because yeah. oh, we, we we cover so such a big thing, 103 uh, towns and cities in Malaga. It's 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 impossible to 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 keep up with everything or to, to bring everything for every town or or city in agenda. So what we do is we We see Málaga as the main city, so we post about Málaga. I think that's the best option we have.
0: Yeah, certainly. Well, that brings us nicely on to our next section where we take a little deep dive and a deep delve into a certain part of the Costa del Sol. As Chris just said there, we've got 103 towns and villages and cities to cover over the course of this podcast, and we do our little spinny thing. And last weekend, Monte was the, um, I want to say town that we found, though the number of inhabitants it's got, are, dare I say, is it a village? Um, but I tell you what, the spinning wheel generator couldn't have found a more beautiful, picturesque place for us to talk about this week. So just to let you know, the town of Monticorto sits on the slopes of the Malava Hill. Someone might have to correct me on that one, but probably Malave. Mal- Malave? Malave? Yes. Malave. Malave Hill, <laughs> probably <laughs> due to the existence of water springs. Apparently, so this is actually a an occupation that goes back to uh, sort of like prehistoric times. There are a lot of um preserved ruins there from the Roman and Arab periods, and because it is so rich in water for what is, you know, frankly quite an arid region, you can see why there was a big build up in this area just for its access to, you know spring waters to help with agriculture and you can see sort of the area really blossom in that front. Chris I know that you managed to have a little look at Monte Corto in your research can you tell us anything more about it?
2: Um, It's near Ronda it's formed a part or it's still a part of Ronda Um, Sierra de Grasalema that's next to it it's a spectacular forest (laughs) Forest, or yeah, what you call the forest, the Spanish pro, uh, forest, uh, between the Andalusian Lucian provinces of Cádiz and Malaga, and in home it and this is a home to the important relic patch of Spanish firs, um, a tree that has become the symbol of these mountains. It's one of the most spectacular <coughs> karstic complexes in Spain, with deep gorges. Uh, yeah, and the largest side of rivers in the province.
0: And it looks, uh, you know, an absolutely beautiful, picturesque place to go. I think it's safe to say that this isn't really on the tourist track, is it? Because it is yeah. only a town of just shy of 600 people or 600 residents, I should say. Um, it looks very quaint, as I said, in the build-up, and it's got a lot of scenery around it. As you said, there are a lot of parks and things like that. There's well, also...
2: The Graceland Natural Park, and this is very. Well, this ex- explains how how beautiful and, and important it is. Um, is a reserve, is a natural park that was declared a biosphere reserve by UNESCO in
0: 1977. Oh wow! Oh, so, like, say so you can see, you know, to put that into maybe some kind of comparison, then it would be comparing it to say like uh, the Lake District near me or uh, Alex, where, where you're from in Dorset, maybe looking at uh, Dartmoor, if I remember rightly. Um, so this It is even gets better.
2: Things. It even gets better. I have more information about, more information about it. it has got so much um, information. Yeah. <laughs> um, because um, it's the largest-sided cave. Oh, sorry. There is a cave. It's called Hundedero Gato, uh, which is cited as the largest cave in Andalusia. Which stands out for its prehistoric footprints.
0: So, we had a little bit of this with Alameda as well. So, you can see in this particular part of Spain, it is where you really, your your earliest settlements of man were, you know, way back thousands of years ago.
2: Um, You want to know how many other animals are living there? How many? They have counted 14 reptile species, 136 bird species. And 42 mammal species.
0: Reptiles. Not for me. Um, not for me neither. I might have to pass on Monte now. I, I don't think I'll be visiting anytime soon. Four, 14 different kinds of reptile.
1: I'm the same as you, Nick. My mum's my away while well, she's just come back from Mexico and she sent me a picture of a crocodile and I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> not
0: um, for me. I went to a, a farm with my daughter, uh, quite local to us here in, in Lancashire. And everything expected to be from a farm, pigs, cows, cattle. There was some horses, donkeys, things like that. Went around the corner. There were some, like, exotic birds. I was like, all right, fair enough. You know, maybe something to pull the crowns in. Second room, without any warning, two big giant snakes. I'm not talking, I'm talking eight foot, ten foot long. Huge things. I ran out of that room practically screaming whilst my daughter was, like, pretty much bang on the glass going, yep, I want to stroke the snake. (laughs) I was just like... No, we're getting out of
2: it.
0: it. Not not my cup of tea at all.
2: What else is there to do in in Monte Cortonic?
0: So there is a beautiful looking church. I know that much. And I know for me having a um, RE teacher, or or for those who don't know, a religious education teacher for a wife, she really likes to explore... All the different architectures and 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 places of worship and things like that. She really loves the mosque cathedral at Cordoba. Uh, again, I'm sure that's something we'll cover on in the future. But um, there is this lovely church in um Monte Corte called Templo de Nuestra Senora del Carmen. Is that right? That's very good. Always gonna check my Spanish. Um, but it was the first chapel that was built in the 16th century in the Plaza uh, Amarita, and it's had several renovations. It was demolished in the 1950s, and then uh, during the years 1958 and 1959 in the uh, Alameda García Loca, a new church was built there. And basically, because there's been so many different kinds of landslides, heavy rains because of the area that it is, they basically have to keep on rebuilding this church. And over time, it has just got bigger and better and bigger and better and now there is the um beautiful church that we see before us which is just off i believe um pablo picasso square as well so if you fancy a name drop for the town too uh, i don't know if he's got any kind of association with it um but no, yeah not no, at all. absolutely none <laughs> um but yeah it's it's definitely a beautiful place to go and uh, and visit what
2: i love what is the is the water streams uh, which run through the whole whole the village from the upper part um through the whole all the streets there are like holes in the streets where the water runs through it's it, it's really stunning
0: oh yeah well i imagine that's quite a unusual thing to see in spain as well isn't it you know if, if, when, when you do walk around the Costa del so you might see a lot of the storm and drains have uh, dried up i know that we're all frequent visitors to la rosaleda as well and there is supposedly supposed to be a river there i don't think i've ever seen it um but i imagine no. seeing uh flowing water you know through by the pavements a lot of the natural springs that are around monte colton must be quite Pleasant but unusual to see in that part of Spain.
2: Yes, and um, they also have ruins. Ruinas de Asinipo. And the ruins are located 15 kilometers from Monte Corto, um, with a Roman amphitheater preserved in good condition whose base structure is carved into the rock. Oh. Asinipo came to have a walled enclosure the temple, and the and the other public buildings.
0: Oh, lovely. So plenty to do in Monte Corte, then plenty to see. And I imagine there's also you know, a lot of places where you can get some nice dishes and things like the usual things you can do when you go to visit Spain. Definitely worth a visit. If you want a bit of a heads up as well, this weekend, there is a, um, what I would call a park run. I think it's more like a trail run around Monte Corto So if you fancy uh, running, 24 kilometers in 70 degree heat and paying 20 euros for the privilege get yourself to monte corto this sunday and you'll have the chance to do so in some very beautiful picturesque surroundings so i think
2: uh, i think this is a perfect uh or place to go or perfect holiday if you like uh walking through nature in the small town like a really small town
0: yeah, it certainly looks that way, doesn't it? It certainly seems it's, to it's, be... It's a
2: real hiking place. They, they have a, a hotel. And if you want to go to Monte Corte, you really have to go there. It's called El Cortijo Salina, uh, which is an old farm. They've built a hotel in an old farm. And the fun thing is, it probably has two things that you won't find in any other hotel. They have a very old chapel, which looks stunning. Like, really beautiful. And they have their, bull, their own bullfight ring with beautiful um, uh, sights. You exactly. if, if, if you're look, watching us on YouTube, you will probably see them on the screen right now.
0: Oh, no, amazing. Well, like I say, if you want a bit of a one-stop shop for, for everything, you can do it in one hotel. Yeah, I imagine a a chapel it's and a bullfight ring is <laughs> not what you'd expect to come across. So... But uh, yeah, that is Monte Cotto. So that is the second town that we have covered and the second town we've looked into, another uh, gem I believe we found there. Uh, So we'll also have a bit of a spin on the wheel later to see what our next episode will be talking about. But before we do that, we're going to move on to the next section, which is typically Malaga. So last week, Chris uh, walked us through the process of ordering a coffee, uh, Malaga style. This week, Chris, what do you have for us, which is typically Malaga?
2: Typically, Malaga is the Bisnaga. The Bisnaga is, a, is the symbol of, Ma, of the city of Malaga. And the words come from Arabic and means a gift from God. And uh, what is a Bisnaga? A Bisnaga is a, a flower, handmade flower, partly handmade flower, which is only being sold in Malaga in the province of Malaga. They are sold by bisnageros, and you'll find them walking on the street dressed like in traditional clothing. And uh, the bisnagueros make the flowers um, yeah, make the flowers during the day or in the morning, I believe. Um, so what is a bisnaga? A bisnaga is a jasmine flower on dried stalks, which smells wonderfully summery. Oh, uh, you can give them as a gift to friends, family, or loved ones. And uh, it's typical Malaga. Um
0: So is this the um Malaga way of giving your partner a rose or or something like that is it, or is it maybe a bit more casual than that?
2: It's it's more casual. it's just a, it's not so romantic, but they smell wonderful. it's just tradition. it's a traditional mm. flower. I had them at my wedding.
0: So, I so bought- you mentioned about them wearing the traditional clothes as well. So if I was walking around Malaga and I could see the guy, Obviously, I see what he's carrying, but, you know, what would I expect him to be wearing? Um,
2: uh, a, white, a white shirt, black pants, and a red thing around his waist. Uh, like a red...
0: Oh, like a... Um, a I'm going to get this word yeah. right. Like a, a cumperbund or something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, the important thing... And, and you see them walking with a cactus leaf with loads of bisnagas on it.
0: He, he, he kind of strikes me in my head as a bit of a Mr. Steal Your Girl, if I'm being perfectly honest, like just sauntering across, probably in some really lovely white shirt, open-chested with a beautiful bunch of flowers. I, I, I don't know if I'd... I, I think I'd be more scared of that. Intimidated, maybe.
2: No, no, no. <laughs> you see, white jasmine, Malaga has loads of jasmine, like really loads of jasmine, and it's a cheap plant um and it Jasmine clo- grows a lot in Malaga because of the of the of the good weather for it and it's a climbing plant so it's cheap um and it grows quick. because after a few days you have new buds well new buds appear. appear. Um, and they what they do is with the bisnaga they pick the flower uh, when it's still closed so it can be properly be attached to the dried uh, sterns of the root plant. It's a very intensive, in, well, labor-intensive work because you have to lot of, you have to have a lot of patience. They're very small and you have to put it in there. So it, it takes ages to wait, make one bisnaga. Um, but they give it, it, it gives a really intense smell. Another thing I wanted to say about it, um, that you can buy them for approximately three euros each. And that's very cheap for the amount of time they put into
0: it. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't sound like it, uh, it's very profitable from, from that perspective. But I suppose if they're so abundant, then it might be a little bit easy. So you said you had them at your... Wedding as well, Chris, is that something that is quite traditional in the province of Malaga to have this Nagas at your wedding?
2: I don't know, but I'm a very traditional guy. And um, for me, it's the most beautiful and good smelling uh, flower there is.
0: So was it more of a call back to your home uh, as part of your wedding? Because I, well, I imagine, did you get married in Holland or in or in Spain? What do you think? Uh, I'm going to say Spain. Yes, I've,
2: <laughs> I've got married in Spain. I married in Spain. Yeah,
0: well, you did it right, my friend. In in, in that case, but uh, no, it sounds absolutely wonderful. It's, Alex- it's
2: wonderful. If you if you see the pictures when you're watching YouTube right now, it's it's. I don't know. There's no, no way to explain how delicate it is. The work they put into it. It's all those jasmine flowers putting. On. The yeah. how do you call it? The you
0: know, like the stalks type yeah. thing, and, and that. Like. To be fair, I think I have seen um, so it, it just comes up on Twitter randomly for me like old photos of Malaga. And you do, yeah, they're, see they've them.
2: been selling them for a thousand years already,
0: mm, so it seems to be very traditional. Um, like yes. say, you know, they used to time or, or occupation, I suppose.
2: I think I believe they used to make them to get the most the, the smell to to get rid of mosquitoes.
0: Which would make sense. So instead of dousing yourselves in whatever anti mosquito spray you might be buying this summer, do yourself a favor. Yes. Treat yourself three euros. Get yourself some Biz Nagas from and Malaga. and
2: if you buy one, it will be it will stay open or good for a day or a day and a half, approximately.
0: I'm going to have to see if I can maybe smuggle some back in through customs on my way back from Spain, maybe as <laughs> well. Thank you very much, Chris, for that this week's version of Typical Malaga, the beautiful Naga. So now we'll move on to what is going on. So plenty of stuff happening around the Costa del Sol this week, and we always try and find something a bit more unique than sort of like, you know, the big generic events or anything like that. So, for example, speaking of biznagas and plants, if you happen to be in Fuengarola on Monday or Tuesday next week, you can make your way to Colors in Fuengarola and attend, I'm going to get this right, adornos florales y decoración con plantas de interior some wonderful yeah. spanglish from me there and um, essentially this is a workshop f- focusing on flower arranging and indoor plants more specifically so again it is a fantastic thing to have plants inside your apartment or your home i know it's something that i've taken up recently as well trying to find nice little parts to put in them keeping them alive is the main job i have but the idea being is, is they help improve air quality they create help help a healthy living environment but also instill you with a bit of a sense of calm and i think in the last two years and everything that's going on in the world right now we could probably do with a little bit of calm so if you want to find a lovely way to spend your afternoon go down to call in uh Fangarola. in this workshop you'll learn about different species how to arrange flowers new trends and how to create your own compositions as well so arranging
2: the the is the most difficult thing right
0: I imagine so uh, I tend to go for just a lot of green stuff in pots that is the length of my skill set but to be fair my wife is a lot more um skilled in that kind of thing she's a very handy gardener unfortunately for us we've got a beautiful um patch of land in front of our house which is this lovely summer garden so we um she's always in there and making sure she arranges uh plants a certain way and gets all sorts of inspirations, but it sounds like this class would be right up our street as well. So guys. It sounds
2: like a romantic story.
0: Could well be. Could well be. Like the saying, wife being
2: know. in the garden. You <laughs> making her tea.
0: Oh I don't know about that. Imagine you imagine bo- walking in of garden you all day bo- and getting food poisoning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Your daughter playing in the outside as well in the garden.
0: Oh, she'd be doing something crazy like trying to jump in the pond or letting the dogs go or something mm. like that. It's not its not as idyllic as it sounds, Chris, if I'm being mm. perfectly honest.
2: <laughs> Alex, what do you know about plants?
0: Well, I don't have a,
1: an extensive knowledge of plants, but my, my granddad, he used to have a little lot. And I remember when I was a, a little, I used to love uh, spending time in and around his lot and helping him out however I could. And while well, growing up in the countryside, I've you know, been surrounded by beautiful, you know, fields of, you know, many sorts of different, uh, you know, <laughs> farms, whether that be crops, plants, and what know, kind I of plants? Well, lavender, jasmine. Oh. Um, I think lavender is my favorite because it's sort of yeah, I love it's got a lovely smell and it's not necessarily a plant, but I do also love the smell of a mint tree or a, it's just the, the smell of mint just gives off it. You know, I don't know. It feels like a summery smell. You it? know,
2: those, three you name we have a lot in malaga we have a lot of lavender a lot of jasmine a lot of mint
0: i love all those
2: smells i I really spain has a different smell
0: it looks like you're there right now. It looked like you literally yeah. just took yourself off there. And yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be there for, yeah. for a little while.
2: And but. then I thought, oh no, I'm smiling Holland again.
0: <laughs> That's how I wake up every morning. I go, oh no, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, not for long. Uh, when it comes to uh, my little holiday going on. But yes, definitely, if you are into or want to learn more about, you know, floor arrangements, making your apartment or home feel a bit more calmer, having some lovely indoor plants knocking around, then this seems to be a place uh, you could definitely check out. Uh, Alex, did you have anything that you found for Watson or anything you can suggest people to do? Yes. So, I mean,
1: first of all, I'm going to concentrate on something That's already happened. That was well. It was a very important day this week. Yesterday it was uh, International Women's Day, and in the Costa del Sol um, there was many well events that you know went on. There was a marches yesterday, and you know if you were in the area you would have seen all, all throughout the the region of Malaga and the Costa del Sol different you know posters and marches for in Spanish. They they often with important dates they put the number and then the letter of the month. So you would have seen. Eight and then M, so 8th of March. So there's a few I've been uh, reading, well, reading up on a few important women and, well, women in the Costa del Sol who have done a lot to help the Costa del Sol. One being a woman called Ali Mihan who set up a woman's networking group in the Costa del Sol called Costa Women more than 10 years ago. There are now 12,500 members. And Ali and her Costa team have more than 20 events every single month. So whether that be for finding jobs, just making friends in the area, um, I think it's a brilliant thing to have done. Uh, a few others, uh, a woman called Mari miota Villalba, who was born in Madrid, moved to London and without speaking any English, started working for the Transport of London. Then when she was about to have her child, moved back to the Costa del Sol and um, she's you know, talking about how you know, it was obviously a big decision to go, well, first of all, to England without speaking English and then to come back to the Costa del Sol, not a part of the Costa del Sol that she knows a lot. Um, and also uh, bilingual celebrant Debbie, apologies on the pronunciation of this one. I'm going to go with Scurm. Uh, is an inspiration and role model for women across the world. She moved to Spain 12 years ago and gave up her job in the UK as a register of births, deaths and marriages. After eight years in rural Spain, Debbie moved to Costa Tropical, where she put her skills as a register to good use to become a wedding celebrant. Since then, she has won an award, well, she has won award after award for her work. So good to see uh, some of the amazing women on the Costa del Sol being celebrated for the wonderful work they do and well a very important day yesterday for all women around the world and things that are going on this week well things that are going on for a, a, a while longer actually some of you may know I'm sure well both of you may know Jean-Marie Perrier famous photographer for different stars whether that be musicians Uh, models. So there is an exhibition in the Centro Cultural La Malagueta in Malaga to see all the the photography of Jean-Marie Perrier. So whether that be photos of the Beatles, supermodels in the 90s, such as Claudia Schiffer. 200 images are on display, on loan from the label expositions and Perrier archives. So that's a very interesting thing to check out. And aptly, it's on the Paseo de Reading, as in Otis Reading. I feel like that's quite an aptly named place to have the uh, <laughs> exhibition.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, certainly. Obviously, very important with the um, wonderful stories you shared there from International Women's Day as well. Um, and and certainly, if you're in the Malaga area, I want to go check out that exhibition. It sounds um, like there's going to be plenty to see uh, and famous stuff as well. You know, f- f- for me, I work with a uh, a brand which is closely associated to uh claudia schiffer and the and the models in the 90s and and things like that so it'd be interesting uh, to see whether that's still on whilst i'm over there as well chris did you find anything that was on this week
2: um no to be honest i didn't
0: <laughs> no <laughs> i've been uh,
2: looking a lot but it's all spanish and it's all I don't know. Are we I I know we can do the Spanish thing, but Spanish theaters and
0: yeah, we 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 said there's obviously there's a lot of things that do go on all the time and like different musicians playing in places. There's, I think I saw that Nile Rogers is over there this week. I've seen that Jesse J is there in July, and things so that's obviously there's gonna be huge events, but I think we should always try and keep it quite nice and and unique with, with the events that are going on. So absolutely no trouble whatsoever so without further ado although,
2: although I have something
0: I ah, found something
2: if you are in Malaga and um, you're interested in Picasso in the Picasso museum there's an exhibition on uh, Brassai and it's uh, pictures of the city Picasso loved oh that would be lovely and
1: to br- watch
2: Yes, and it's uh, all pictures about uh, Paris, Paris, Paris.
0: Yeah, it's good. I I don't know if it's because I'm getting old now. I'm, you know, I'm getting into my thirties, but I do appreciate like a lot of you know photography of places you know like Malaga. You know, we all follow, uh, I assume Christian on Twitter, and the images that he shares are always oh, just so beautiful. And um, we can share them. Yes, you're given the nod to do that. So we'll share those onto our social media pages as well. Um, but no, definitely sounds like something to check out. Get down that early, though, I believe. Uh, you might know more than me, but I believe there's always a queue to get into the Pablo Picasso Museum.
2: Yes, if you go in the winter times, there is. If you go in summer, there's never a queue. So um. the best thing I suggest is go in summer. I've been, I believe, six times, seven times. Um you would say, well, that's strange. Yes, but I'm a strange guy. And I'm <laughs> Was a there really anything big... new every time you went? <laughs> uh, not really, but I just love the museum and I'm, I'm a big fan of Pablo Picasso. I have loads of book, books about him, uh, his life story, documentaries I've seen. I, I'm just a big Picasso fan. Yeah, really, it's I've... always
0: important to look beyond... Work as well, isn't it? And it's about yeah. inspirations his,
2: and his life. Well, it's been, he's been a crazy guy, probably, but probably most artists have that. Yeah, and to be you fair. Behind me. Here, i here. Wait, I hope it doesn't fall. So people won't think I'm joking or that it sounds oh, yeah. fun to say that. But here, this is uh, one. I have many more to be honest. This is one full of pictures and.
0: So for the podcast listeners, uh, Chris is showing us his um, birth of a genius. It was called, wasn't it, Chris Picasso? Yeah. Here another and one, another with his uh, signature yeah. on the front as well. I think it's scandalous still that Citroen stole that name and named a car in that in that sense. It's just it's no testament to the man at all, is it? To create an. an they even vehicle? use this. Signature. He did, didn't he? That's the first thing I thought when he showed up. That second book as well. I was yeah. like, "That's oh, Picasso." What a horrible thing to do to the man of such yeah. talent to give us such a mundane vehicle. Well, if it
2: would be a beautiful car, then I would say okay. But it's a
0: yeah. Maybe they should let him design it, and that might have helped. <laughs> we yeah. might have made it look better. But you'd have like maybe wheels in the wrong position, and the steering wheel underneath the car, and you know maybe all the seats would be on the outside, but Maybe I'm getting to get a bit ahead of myself. But no, that sounds like an absolutely wonderful thing to go and check out whilst you're there. And a bit of an insider knowledge for you as well from Chris. Don't go into Pablo Picasso Museum in the winter because you well, will end up queuing. Go in the summer and you've got less chance of queuing.
2: No, what I say is, if you go in the summer and you go in the winter, go in the summer. But if you are in Malaga, uh, if you go to Malaga, you definitely have to go. Whether it's winter or summer, you can't go to Malaga and not visit the Museum of Pablo Picasso.
0: Ah, oh, so you're actually saying is you have to go to the Pablo Picasso Museum, yes.
2: right? It's his home collection. It's private collection is in Malaga, um, and it's the city where he was born. And in my eyes, if you say if somebody draws something, you would say, "Oh, a real Picasso." He's like the number one painter there was on this planet
0: well certainly well like I say I'm sure we'll have a, a lot more focus on the museum as well in one of our future episodes yes
2: we're going so, to try to talk to somebody of the of the well I'll bang my head against my mic yeah of the, the, <laughs> the uh Pablo
0: Picasso <laughs> museum yeah this is how exciting it is about Picasso yeah. he's he's destroying his office in yes. in, in in testament to it So um, that is everything that's going on in the Costa del Sol this week. So what would you like to do first then, guys? Should we do the weather first or do you want to move on to the um, town selector for our next episode? Do you want to finish on that?
1: Mm. Finish on the town and then go for the weather first, I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, Yeah. cool. Well, let's finish on... The town selection. And so just to let you know about the weather over the course next week, unfortunately, it is not great news if you are going on holiday or in the Costa del Sol this week. So from Friday, we are starting to see a little bit more unsettled weather move into the area, starting with rain over the weekend. There is a slight reprieve on Sunday where we do get a bit of sunshine. However, into the start of the week, then we've got three days of constant rain, which I'm sure people of Malaga will be happy to see before it then starts to even out again before next Friday with a couple of days sunshine. The temperature is going to be averaging around 17 degrees apart from a slight dip to 13 degrees and 12 degrees on Monday which is practically Arctic for the Costa del Sol. Um, But yeah, like I say, maybe pack a jumper and a coat just in case.
1: May I jump in there just quickly Nick? I was actually reading about well possible droughts in the Costa del Sol over the well the coming months as you know it's a it's an ever occurring problem in Spain and you know with the little rain that they do have so I think like you said I think the rain will be very much welcomed over the next few days and hopefully that
0: will ease some of the possible drought problems that may may happen over the summer. Oh definitely and hopefully it does not result in those wonderful streams in Monte Cordo, uh drying up over the summer months as well on your visits. Um so Wonderful. Well, let's move on to the town selection then. So uh, you guys aren't going to be able to see this. So I'm going to have to do the magic hands on here. So just to show you that we are doing this the proper way, we'll put the um, actual wheel spin on the screen for you are watching on YouTube. So let's get underway. The tension. Wonder where we're going to next. Where would you like to look at next? If you could choose.
2: Hmm. I don't
0: know.
1: Part of me wants to leave the the towns I know to the sort of latter stages. I want
0: to get to know more of the towns I'm less familiar with. That's a fair assumption. I imagine you're the same as well, Chris. Aren't you You don't want to get into something too big, too early on the lobster club, do we?
2: No. Let's keep discovering.
0: Well, I have some good news because this week's town or village, I'm not too sure where it is or what it is, but it is called Sierra Des Juegos familiar to you guys or is it going to be somewhere new for you to explore definitely somewhere new for me i'm not not familiar with that huh? yeah, just so you can see what it's caught on if it's going to show up on the screen there can you read that yes, you yeah there i've there, heard right? of
2: it yes i've heard of it can't tell you much about it at this moment
0: well don't worry chris because i imagine over the course of the next few days we'll be researching it intently And it will be the focus of our episode three, which we'll look forward to bringing you already. So that does draw us to the end of this week's episode of The Lobster Club. I hope you've had a wonderful time. Chris, Alex, have you enjoyed this week?
2: I did. Um, And for everybody who is listening or watching us, don't forget to subscribe, like, share, follow. That's good for the algorithm. And what we didn't mention last week, We have our own Spotify list with Spanish music. So, what we have is a flamenco list at this moment, but we're also making a Spotify list with, yeah, just normal or normal Spanish, just Spanish music, I think.
0: Lots of lovely Spanish music. And, and yeah, definitely, you know, we'd love to see more people get in touch with us as well through social media and things like that too you know if you want to tell us about your experiences if you if you've listened to this podcast and you've ended up going to one of the places to talked about we'd love to hear from you so Alex have you had a good week this week?
1: I have definitely it's I think the the thought of Monte Cordo and the, the lovely well the hot weather that hopefully uh, I'd be able to experience visiting Monte Cordo in the summer has kind of made me forgot about Forget a little bit about the rainy weather here in Galicia, but no, I've had a really good week and uh, looking forward to checking out. See I'm like, well, it's next you, week.
2: you little, you lit. I'm 2,000 kilometers away, f- away from Malaga and you're like, what? How many kilometers are you away Short from Malaga? <laughs> You can like get a train and be there tomorrow. <laughs> this younger yeah. generation, I don't know what their problem is, Nick.
0: Well, if, it, if it's not that, it's always uh, the one that gets me is our uh, guinea cast colleague Matt putting pictures of him having either a café con or a beer on the beach front of the costel Sol. I just have to chuck your phone away and go, oh,
2: yeah, go away. or the moments where he's, he's on his balcony uh, balcony and he's sharing pictures like, oh, I have to do some a bit of work. And then you see like <laughs> this beautiful, sunny,
0: it's a hard life, isn't it? Yeah.
2: <laughs> he looks like he, he lives like two meters away from the from the sea, from the beach. So you see he's overlooking the beach and then
0: I have to do some work. Oh, awful. My heart bleeds yeah. for him. He really, truly does. And maybe one day he will come and tell us all about his exploits in Spain on the Lobster Club. But thank you very much for everybody for listening once again. We'll be back again next week with an episode three. Uh, So from me, Chris and Alex, we hope you have a wonderful evening and we shall see you again soon. Hasta luego. Bye bye. (laughs)